house always wins. Play long enough, you never change the stakes. The house takes you. Unless, when that perfect hand comes along, you bet big, and then you take the house. I've been practicing this because a little bit that I rush. It felt like I rushed. It was good. I liked it. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Big Easy Bets podcast. I'm your host, Logan, and with me in the studio, Nick Von Brick. What up? With us on the ones and twos, Joseph Ascani. What it do? This is episode 161, arguably the biggest episode of the season so far. College football week two, NFL week one. It, we're now officially all the way back. Hit subscribe, Big Easy Bets TV, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, everywhere. We're easy to find. The formula has always been the formula. Week zero. We're very conservative. It typically sucks. It's a shit show normally. Week one, we get a little bit more aggressive, but still maintaining being a little conservative. Uh, we start picking up the pieces a little bit, and then week two is when we get them. So I have high hopes. Do you? Yeah. Do you? Oh, yeah. Joseph's been carrying uh, the load so far. We will get into last week's recap. This is going to be a longer episode. I will timestamp the picks, college and locks, and then NFL and locks as well. Uh, I will timestamp it on the YouTube page. So if you want to head over there and go straight to the picks, you can. Or if you want to hear us shoot the shit for a little bit, uh, then you can stick around. Again, hit subscribe. We appreciate it. It it's, takes two seconds, means nothing, doesn't cost anything, but it helps us out quite a bit. So hit subscribe everywhere. A uh, couple things going on. I mean, we can get right to uh, LSU stinks. I mean, they really, they don't stink. Don't it, it, it's, it's more of a, uh, it's more of a, I mean, that's the biggest news so far. Uh, it's more of a tippy cap to Florida State. We talked about it on the, on the uh, Futures episode. We were high on Florida State this year. So, it's a tale of two halves, but I have one thing that was bugging me. I got motherfuckers messaging me and shit. I sent it to you. Yeah. I, Who? I'm not going to say names, oh, but, okay. but uh, I mean, he'll, he probably listens. Um, whether somebody was, wh- whether you're drinking or not, if I know you personally, don't tell me shit about shit when it comes to college football. Cause I fucking forgot more than you'll ever know. I know that sounds really cocky and, 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 but I made a tweet that your season is not decided in week one. And somebody decided to tell me, that essentially I don't know what I'm talking about with a bunch of crying laughing faces that this ends your season. It fucking doesn't. The season doesn't end in week one. Take just last year, for example. If we go, which we had no chance, we lose to Florida State, but if we go into SEC championship and beat Georgia, yeah, the committee's got a tough decision to make. Doesn't guarantee that we'll get in, but you, we lost week one. So all I tweeted was... Yeah, or you look at Oregon, who lost, got fucking dismantled by, by Georgia. Georgia. And before they lost to Washington, they were very much in the yeah. mix for the college football playoff. Yeah, exactly. And I tweeted, your season is not decided by the first week. And then I went on to say this, that the secondary is fucking trash. The way we use Harold Perkins was trash, etc. And motherfuckers feel the need to try to tell me that I don't know what I'm talking about. The season's over. And then I just say the same thing. And I say, 
you don't lose your season on the first game. They thought the season was And they go, they go, yeah, you're right. But I said, I just repeated the exact same thing I said. And now you're telling me I was right after you just told me I was wrong. He said the season was over, whoever this is? Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. I get it like the... Um, number 14. That's what we I'm lost saying. by 21, but the, the box score... Oh, it yeah. was total yards was 460 to 494 first downs we actually had 23 they had 22 yeah mainly they they dominated time of possession and we blew it on yeah. fourth downs no 100% yes. yeah you didn't you didn't execute in in on the goal line the yeah. drop passes there was a couple drop passes that probably result in touchdowns could have been better balls on some but still you got to catch but that's not even my point i we i plan on getting into maybe a deeper lsu recap later on but my point was if you're gonna fucking tell me that i'm wrong about something especially after i just had to watch them lose i'm already aggravated that they lost and then you're gonna come tell me that i'm wrong you better fucking make sure that i'm wrong or else i'm gonna hate you like if i if, if you know me personally don't fucking tweet don't tweet me shit telling me that i'm wrong when i'm clearly not wrong there's never been a season that's lost on the fucking first game mm -hmm. ever if we run the table which is a tough task. He's like, well, I just don't think we're going to run the table. I never fucking said we were. I said, if we do, if we run the table and win the SEC championship, we're in the fucking playoff. No doubt. So what are we talking about? So don't tell me I'm wrong on hypotheticals because you're mad that we lost to an ACC team. That's what he said. Yeah, a fucking great team that returned almost everybody and added probably one of the best receivers in the country. Yeah, they're going to be in the college football playoff. They're going to have a cakewalk now. Clemson sucks. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I'm like, dude, don't message me shit, please. Don't message me shit. There's people out there that fucking... Uh, the, the amount of college football we watch, if you know me personally, don't message me shit. Unless... Because unless, I, I really don't say controversial things. And I don't say things out of, re, out of fucking left field. So, I don't know, dude. That shit had me aggravated. I hate when motherfuckers try to just say shit. I'm just going to fucking say things. I have no idea if what I'm saying makes sense, but I'm just going to say it. Don't. Don't. So... Dude, I was aggravated. Um, what else? Saints first games this week. I got high hopes again. Um, always do. <laughs> Listen back to last year. I had high hopes last year, man. That was <laughs> fucking crazy. Uh, Travis Kelsey. Uh, no ligament damage, but hyperextended mm -hmm. knee. Your number one overall pick in fantasy. Yeah. Or first round pick. Yeah. That's not good. No, that's not good. So we will, uh, I mean, obviously anyone who's listening, we always pick the Thursday game for NFL or anyone who's new to listening. Um, we always pick the Thursday game, so we will have action on that. Um, but what else is going on? Anything? Uh, you said something about cup. Oh, that's been going around and I'm more, I'm playing Alec this week. So I was more just kind of like, Oh dude, I'm, I was looking all over. I was well, like, no, his hamstring say that. Oh, I just, yeah, yeah. It, there's four <laughs> weeks. I'm like, what? That's huge. <laughs> Alec drafted him in every single league he's in. No, I mean, he's, it's unlikely he plays this week. Yeah. Week one and he said three to four weeks. Like, yeah. Oh, I mean, there's, I bet you it's a couple. Really? I bet you it's a couple. Yeah. I don't know the extent of it. Yeah, I mean, neither do I, but I mean, <laughs> I'm pretty sure he's going to be out week one. Okay, so you were just if he's seeing a specialist around. tomorrow for his hamstring, yeah. I'm not going to playing this week. I'd be surprised. Uh, what else? Anything else going on? Not even necessarily in the sporting world. I really don't know. I've been I've been deep in games. I've been looking at a lot of games. This is going to be a good. Yeah, week. I don't know. About I'm anything. always disconnected. Yeah, that's always. true. <laughs> that's true. I don't know what the fuck's going on. Um. All right. Well, then I guess we'll dive right into. 
Let's get it. The first full recap from, uh, I mean, week one is in the books. It was a profitable week, nonetheless. Uh, I mean, we'll just, let's start with the bad first, I guess. And then we will, uh, I want to check one line real quick. Sorry. We will, uh, huh. I might have to add one. Um, so yeah, we'll start with the bad, then we'll end it with the good. So we have, uh, so we have some positive positivity heading into these picks. Um, all right. I started my week off with a winner. Florida State, or I'm sorry, Florida. That's bad. Bad news. Florida State was not anything good. Florida, Utah under 46 and a half. It was, uh, I, I actually gave this pick out early on Twitter because I knew that it was going to come down a little bit. Rising inevitably was out of the game. And Florida stinks. I said that right here. I said, <laughs> we watched Graham Mertz. Graham Mertz sucks. He's bad. Uh, and, and overall, just Florida is not that great in general. Utah's defense did a good job of bottling up the run. Um, it kind of, I got a little nervous. They opened the game with a 70-yard touchdown. Utah did. And then there was just a couple funky things along the way. But I think there was only 35 points scored. So it, it, it was a, we were well on the right side there. Then I had, uh, oh, I completely just, I'm all over the fucking place. I just said we're going negatives first. I went positive first. Hawaii plus four, bad pick. Overreaction, I said I felt like I was falling into the mousetrap there. I did exactly that. Ohio State minus 29. This was one of the more frustrating games of the weekend for me. Ohio State wins 23-3 to against Indiana. Three. I felt like the defense was going to be able to hold Indiana to very little, if any, points. And that's what they did. McCord for Ohio State's not very good. I was not impressed. Yeah. At all. Uh, I felt like the offensive line didn't look very good. I mean, hats off to Indiana's defense. They have some really good linebackers. The defense is faster than I thought. But regardless, if you only score three points, Ohio State should have covered that fucking game. McCord didn't play well. Marvin Harrison Jr. had two catches. Um, The running backs are not really dynamic. I mean, they've been there for a while. We know Mayan Williams and uh, what's the other one? Travion Henderson. Henderson. They They didn't look spectacular they weren't really making anybody miss uh, i don't know who you want to blame that on but i watch penn state very similar instances where a D, where a uh, linebacker gets into the backfield and i see singleton make the guy miss and turn it into a 15 yard game so offensive line could block better but at some point a running back's got to make somebody miss and then my lock of the week i'm sorry i was very low on colorado it is no uh, secret. I don't know what else to say other than I'm sorry. TCU stinks. I thought that TCU was going to bully Colorado in the trenches. They didn't. It was honestly the opposite. Colorado played about as perfect of a game as you could play. Offensively, defensively, they suck. But this was an all-time bad pick. 20-point favorite as your lock, and they lose to a team that I felt like would win less than would win three games or less this year. Mm-hmm. So, first off, Travis Hunter's the best player in America. Yeah, I mean he's got to be right. Uh huh. Who's better? Shador. No, no, and and, and that is that is funny. Dylan Edwards because he will no no, <laughs> but but yeah, I mean you could go down the line of their fucking players and they, everybody played a perfect game basically yeah. on the offensive side of the ball. I think they had, what, four or five guys over 100 yards? 
four receivers, yeah. Yeah, so Travis Hunter's going to get the nod because, I mean, I made a video about it. He should have had two receiving touchdowns. He should have had two interceptions. He had one. He had over, what, he had 11 catches over 100 yards. So you're looking at a, a line, or you're looking at a stat sheet where he should have had 11 catches over 100 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions, a pass breakup that took points off the board for TCU. It was like the most impressive performance I've ever seen. Yeah. They couldn't guard him. Yeah. At all. TCU, then that's what's like, how bad is TCU secondary? Because mm-hmm. I went I went and looked at a couple um, notable TCU guys, and they were like, pump the brakes a little bit. We knew our secondary was going to suck. I wish I would have said that before. Uh, I didn't like TCU's three down linemen, which they ran last year. That that's nothing new. Uh, they were honestly people were surprised that they beat Michigan running that defense and didn't just get run all over, which they kind of I guess did. Um, I don't remember the exact stats. It was a high scoring game. Yeah, definitely. But I know there was. I can't remember. They they got ran on a little bit. Yeah. Um, Shador Sanders impressed the, the shit out of me. I was super, super impressed with Shador, Shador Sanders' ability to not panic in the pocket. I thought that was going to be the biggest thing was the D-linemen are faster. And there were times where he started to roll out of the pocket and they hawked him down a couple times. But he never once put the ball in a bad position. He never once put the ball up for grabs. Every deep ball was on the money. I was really impressed with Shador Sanders. He played much better than I thought. A lot of people are like, oh, keep the receipts. Y'all are hating on. I was never hating on Dion or anything like that. I just felt like you have that much of a turnover. You have that many new players. 83. Yeah. I was like, he's a year or two away. And he still could be. He didn't win the championship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He beat a TCU team that lost a lot of production. I just, it was a bad pick. I felt like they were going to be able to win in the trenches. That's a big point of emphasis for me. I felt like Ohio State was going to win in the trenches. They didn't. Clearly, I don't know how to fucking handicap. Uh, the the trenches, so because <laughs> it's costing me. Um, but yeah, I don't know. What I mean, what are your what are your thoughts on? Obviously, we should have probably touched on that in the beginning anyway. So, but I didn't because it's one of my games, Colorado. What what are your overall takeaways other than what I just said? Yeah, no, they're good. Do you think it's smoke or is there fire? Um, the Pac twelve is good. It's really good. So went undefeated, thirteen and zero. If you ask me, if I think do they have a chance to win the Pac twelve, I'd say no. Okay, yeah, no, I don't think that at all. But I thought they were going to be a fucking three win team. They're going to be better than that. Yeah, but they do. If It'll you... be interesting to see once they go up against a better defense what happens mm-hmm. if a pass rush is more problematic for the offensive line to handle. What happens there with Sanders? Yeah. Is he, yeah. How does he go through his progressions? How does he does he check it down? Does he take what the defense gives him? This is an interesting game this week. Yeah, kinda. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> um, all right, so that's the negative. I'll get to the positive. I already went over Florida, Utah under forty six and a half, easy winner. Fresno State plus four and a half. I cannot stress enough how impressed I was with Mikey Keene. Jeff Tedford's always been able to dial up offense. That's what I've said when I handicapped the game in the beginning. Fresno State's good. Plus four and a half. They went out right. Purdue, obviously, there is a, uh, a a lot of change going on over there. Fresno State looked good. They looked good on defense. They're flying to the ball. 
a couple miscues along the way, but to be expected uh, on the road, first game, it was a really, really quality win in West Lafayette. And then my other winner. So I went three and three on the week, Penn state minus 20. If they don't put up a statue of James Franklin, something is wrong. I'll set the stage for you. I'll put a live reaction video on Instagram as I was watching it. Um, Penn State should have been covering this game easily. Two missed field goals, two dropped touchdown passes. Uh, one was a slant at midfield, but there was nobody there. He's gone. Guaranteed. It shouldn't have been close. Penn State ends up going down a score, 31-6. to six. Um, They go prevent. West Virginia marches down. Scores. But on the two-point conversion, they did the ring around the rosy shit that the Kansas City Chiefs did. Uh, and James Franklin didn't like it. Hmm. Penn State didn't like that. So they go to the backups, but they're running offense. And we're trying to move the ball. Actually, West Virginia did us a solid, went for an onside kick, didn't get it. Ball's on the other side of the 50. Backs up, backups are in, couple minutes left. It was not a done deal. It came down to uh, we had to convert on third and 10. The quarterback scrambled and got it. Then next thing you know, we're under two minutes, right around a minute, fourth and two. We throw it, pick it up. We're on the five-yard line. Clock is ticking. We're now under a minute. West Virginia has no timeouts. They can kneel the ball. Penn State can kneel the ball. Game over. James Franklin, I texted you. I said the one positive, James Franklin typically knows the spread. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people are like, why the hell would he do that? He's done this in the past. Right. I've seen it before. And I take it into account when I bet Penn State. Um, We're trying to score the ball. We run it. Goes nowhere. Clock's ticking. 20 seconds. We're lining up. They snap the ball with 10 seconds left. The quarterback gets hit it around the three, four-yard line, and the offensive line pushes him in <laughs> with six seconds to go to not only cover the spread, but to hit the over, too. So there was a shitload of happy people, and there was a shitload of mad people. I was one of the happy ones on Penn State minus 20. An all-time cover. Ended the night on on the ultimate high note. James Franklin did one for the little guys. Did he did it for the booster club members and he did it for me. I felt like he did it specifically for me. <laughs> Penn State minus twenty. Never should have been in doubt. Never should have won, but it did. And I go three and three. You went two and two on the week. Nearly. Yeah. Nearly three and one. Really? I mean Yeah, Minnesota. Every game was in play. This was the first was opposite a, opposites. Yeah, me and Joseph Hat were on opposite sides here. It was a tough game. Yeah. Um, they both stink. Yeah. I'm not walking away from this thinking that Nebraska's any good. No, they both stink. I thought Penn, uh, I thought Minnesota has a chance. I think they were just like one step away from putting things together. For one, it was impressive that Nebraska was able to stop them from running the ball. Yes. They didn't have hardly any success running the ball. I think 55 rushing yards. Um, I want to say they have like- Manis. Can I say one thing about him? I He was moving the chains on third down. Yeah, no, I thought he was I, I thought he went cold there for a minute, but I mean, at some point you got to be you got to give him some help and and get some yards running it. Yeah. But I thought I think he's improved from last year. I know we've only seen a little bit of a game and a game that they only scored, I think what was it, 13 points. Mm-hmm. Um but it'll be interesting to see what happens moving forward if they can figure it out running it because I think Minnesota will still be that team that they've been the past few years. Yeah, I was very surprised that they I mean 2.2 yards per carry. Yeah. is I mean, you got to tip your cap to Nebraska. Mm-hmm. Um 
Joseph was correct. Jeff Sims did have success running the ball. But that motherfucker can't pass for shit, mm-hmm. dude. Can't. And you had a good point. His only touchdown. Yeah, you the saw the only fly. that yeah. was the luckiest he shit. The ball. It was when you rely on the bounce. Yeah, that's lucky because that motherfucker could bounce to the left or right, and then it's if it bounces, he's running this way. If it bounces to his left, I, I mean, done deal. It's a loss of a billion, or that maybe Minnesota gets the ball. Like you're you're relying, it just bounces right into his gut. And then yep. in the defense, like, what the fuck is going on? Just left the dude wide open. I so, thought, um, I thought Anthony Grant was out this game. Yeah, he played. What, yeah, they, what was that about? Well, they you said were he was suspended. I thought. No, he was battling injury, from what I saw. Oh man! Um, Incredible sources. I mean, I could totally be wrong. I wasn't on this game. I looked into it a little bit, but um, yeah, no, he did play. He didn't do spectacular. No, he fumbled. Yeah. Oh yeah, he cost him the game. In a big spot. Yeah. That was a great. Great play by Minnesota. Catch. Yeah. Oh yeah. My gosh. Oh, catch then the pick. Incredible. I was like, stay on your feet. Yeah. Oh, I know. <laughs> for the. You, oh. At dude. that point, I was hoping for a push. Yeah. It was tied. Yep. No. Yeah, and that's when I was looking at. It. I was like, y'all could, y'all could. First time, first time anybody at the table goes away from against each other. Because it was walk looking like Nebraska was. They were moving the ball. They were entering opponent territory. Yeah. It looked like Nebraska was going to have a chance to kick a field goal to win the game. Yep. Then Sims threw a pick. Yep. And the guy kind of lost his balance. But, boy, I was I hoping right when he caught it, I was like, what's in front of him? Yeah, I know. <laughs> but, so, yeah, you start off a loser, but then you rattled off two winners in a row. Yeah, Miami of Ohio, Miami. Miami's offense is good. Yeah. Uh, the biggest thing that I take away from this game is that Miami, the difference in speed between the Miamis was huge here. Oh yeah, it was incredible. It was like the biggest difference in speed that I've ever seen. I mean, Miami of Ohio between did a not play a good game. No, I thought they would have a little bit better showing than that. Yeah, but no, Miami, Florida, they're fast. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see this week big game against A and M. Yep, if that speed can be a factor there. Yeah, um, and then but I had the under and it hit. Yes. Even though Miami scored a lot of points, Miami of Ohio did not. And you had UL Monroe plus 10, outright winner. Yeah. UL Monroe isn't that good. <laughs> but Army isn't very good either. Yeah. And that's kind of what I was saying when I broke this game down. I was like, I get that UL Monroe has a lot to replace, but so does Army. And basically I was right. They won outright. Yeah, and you were on the money line. Yep. That's called a good pick. Um, and then the, your lock of the week, Texas Tech, Wyoming, under 51 and a half. We've been struggling in the lock department. Uh, good news is it can only go one way, and that's up. But you probably should have had this one. Yeah, 20 to 20 at the end of regulation. Yep. Um, <clears throat> Tech misses two field goals. One goes off the upright earlier in the game. It's like when you have the under and they're missing field goals, you're like, yes, 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 yes. When it's going to overtime and you're realizing that they missed the field goals, yeah. you're like, oh, shit. I wish one would have won. Yeah. So they ended up, I think it was 35-33 after two overtimes. Yeah, an incredible win by Wyoming to win yeah. outright. Uh, that's unfortunate, though. They don't call it under time. Um, but, yeah, two and two. So I go three and three. You go two and two. Joseph, you went two and one. Uh, we just touched on Minnesota, Nebraska, so you're on the right side there. You had the Fresno Purdue over, correct? Yes. So we were both on that game, different uh different plays. We both cashed. It it hit with like what, six minutes in the third quarter? Yeah. Something like that. 
Fresno can move the fucking ball. Mm-hmm. Hudson Carr played better than I thought he would. Yeah. So that was a good call there. And then, I mean, another bad lot. I'll let you. <laughs> I'll let you. I'll let you touch on it if you want to. We already uh, kind of did. Uh, not really, but um, I mean, we we kind of touched on it. I th- I'm, I agree with you. I don't know what the hell we were doing with uh, Harold Perkins. I just don't know. I, I my analysis, which was short and sweet, was that I thought he would be a game record here. I did not see that coming the way we used him. Yeah, um, yeah, I don't understand. I, I don't know what your thoughts are. I we, I was saying it the whole time in the middle of the game. You spy Perkins. You, you use Perkins to spy Travis. If he's content of sitting in the pocket, now Perkins is obsolete. Yeah, like when do you send him? Yeah, I think they said he had 28 coverage snaps. Seven times did he rush the passer. Mm-hmm. Right. So you turn the best pass rusher in the country in the country into a coverage linebacker. Right. right. And then Brian Kelly said something in his po- in his press conference today that he's thinking of Harold's future as well as so it's like what are we talking about? What do you mean? We're thinking about like helping his draft stock. Yeah, I don't know. I guess preparing him to play inside linebacker in the NFL. It's the only thing I could think. Prepare him fucking against Grambling. Yeah. 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 Let's go sack Jordan Travis because when we pressured him, he made a lot of I mean, questions. You have a decisions. lot of players like that. Micah Parsons is a player that can play both. Yeah. Yeah. They, yeah, they're moving. They moved but him they more move inside. Him around, they move him around in Dallas. Yeah, they moved him. He was pretty much exclusively edge rusher his rookie season, year two. They moved him inside a little bit more, but he's still fucking rushing the passer because that's what he's the best at. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like Von Miller. Von Miller was almost exclusively rushing the passer. Harold Perkins is the best in the country at one fucking thing, and we made it to where we took him out of the game on our own. I don't even. I don't get it. Yeah, I don't understand. And I was looking at people talk about uh, Brian Kelly saying that he did the same thing with Jalen Smith when he was at Notre Dame. Yeah. What are we fucking doing? I don't yeah. – it, it doesn't make sense. It, is it like this analysis paralysis type shit where, like, you're trying to do too much? What do you mean you're fucking worried about it? You're, you're looking at his future. The fucking reason he'll go to the NFL is because he can rush the passer better than anybody in college. And then they'll fucking worry about his future. They'll put him where they want him to go. They pay people hundreds of millions of dollars to go sack the quarterback. I don't get it. I don't understand. I felt like that was, you can't even give me a reasonable explanation for why they did that. Mm-hmm. Right? I don't get it. It makes no sense. So to me, yeah. so. And then like you touched on, uh, what was it? Three fourth downs. We got stopped. Yeah. That as well. That wasn't a. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, Flo- Florida state's good. Florida state's yeah, good. They are. Jordan Travis is, is really good. He, Recovered. He was struggling in the beginning. He looked not good, putting the ball up in position where he shouldn't have. And then shit just got a lot easier for him. So they are superior at wide receiver. Yeah. They're superior at defensive back. Um, they're, Wingo, Makai Wingo, is a fucking stud. Yeah. That dude will never get enough credit from me. Um, but they have guys on their defensive line too. And it just looked like, like if you look at it from last year, it just looks like Florida State got a lot better. Yeah. We knew that was going to be the case, especially with getting Coleman. Yeah. Who freaking so, like blew my, up. Yeah, three touchdowns. Like, motherfuckers didn't even know he existed. Um, And then LSU looked like the beginning of last year, the team that they were, where, yeah. they, where everybody was questioning everything. We couldn't run the ball. The only way we could run it is with Daniels. Yep. And then Daniels wasn't. 
an aggressive passer either. So yeah, but I felt like he did. He was better this year than last. There was a couple. He moved the chains on a couple good throws, like out to the sideline. Yeah, but nothing over the middle of the field. Nothing yeah. pushing the ball down the middle of the field where you can really hurt a defense. Yeah, it's like they're gonna give you that. And then one of them, neighbor slipped, and it resulted yeah. in the pick that really kind of was the that was the turning point. The turning point of the game. Yeah, I, I, I'm. I'm not like I was. I was aggravated, but I wasn't really like that surprised. Unfortunately, I. I. We were high on Florida State. Everybody was talking about Johnny Wilson. Uh, Johnny Wilson ain't that fucking good. He's just big. Keon Coleman's a stud. Yeah. I don't know why we didn't go for him. He was in the portal. Mm-hmm. I don't. And I think he's from Opelousas. I think he's from Opelousas. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure he is. Um. No, they got guys. They have one of the better running backs in the country. Jordan Travis, you you said you would bet him to win the Heisman at good value. So they have guys. It, it, it's it's not like a like you want to talk about bad loss. Clemson's loss is fucking terrible. Oh, yeah. And I love Duke. I've been I've been screaming Riley Leonard from the mountaintops for two years now. So that's a bad loss. Clemson stinks. It ain't 2019 anymore. Yeah, and I know the score. The final score is misleading because you look at the box score. Yards are close. We actually had more first downs. Mm -hmm. It's like what it came down to was those fourth downs. Execution, yeah. Where they were going to be easy fourth and ones. Mm -hmm. You could kick a field goal there and get six points easy. Or you could go for a touchdown. We went for a touchdown. Oh, yeah. You can't get too caught up in the final score, like you just said, because it's a tale of two halves. It's like if we get get a yard. Yeah. On those plays, and we end up scoring touch. It's like yeah, motherfucker. The Jayden momentum Daniels of that game. We're, we're up two touchdowns at halftime. We're on the fucking one yard line, and Jaden Daniels gets sacked for a loss of twelve. Yeah. If you don't get it, you're on the one. They're on the one. They got to go ninety nine. Right. Now you fucking give them room to breathe. Shit like that. I, I, that can't happen. Um. I I don't know. I. It the sky is not falling. It's not good. You're behind the eight ball now. You have no more room for error. And we said that going in. Whoever wins this is going to get catapulted, to which the SEC is much tougher than the ACC. Mm-hmm. Florida State is going to have a cakewalk now. They're going to have a cakewalk. I, do they play Notre Dame? I don't um, think. No, I don't think so. Clemson does, though. Yeah. Clemson Clemson stinks. As I texted y'all. I wanted to see if Klubnik would take the next step. He didn't. He still stinks. The best player they have is Shipley. That's it. DJ Ogalele deserves an apology. Dabo stinks. They don't like each other. You saw when he was running off the field? (laughs) He hit him with the backhanded. Dabo was like running over to give him a fucking Christian high five, and he hit him with the backhanded like whatever. I used to do that on the bench when I'd get subbed out in basketball because you're pissed. You fucking, you hit him with the back of your hand because you're mad. He's doing that to the head coach. That's not good. That's not good. So Clemson stinks. I've been screaming Riley Leonard's praises for quite some time. So I said I'll follow Riley Leonard to the end of the earth. These motherfuckers with these preseason press clippings about Clemson. That's why I didn't bet Duke. Yeah. Because I'm thinking Klubnik, I've seen flashes and the defense and the defensive line. They hype it up every fucking year. Riley Leonard is a stud. I said last year he's one of the best quarterbacks in the country. He's better now. They've got guys. Calhoun tried to sabotage him. The only touchdown Clemson scored was because of the muff pump by Calhoun, and then he had drops after drops. But they've got guys at receiver. They've got good running backs. That do waters. That's not even their best running back. And then the defense is fast as shit. They got guys on the D-line, and they got good DBs. Duke's going to be good. Duke's good. Yeah, they're at 21 now. They do have a much tougher schedule than this year. 
I mean, this year than last year. So, but we'll figure we'll figure out quickly how much is it Duke's really good and or, or how much is it Clemson's really bad. Mm-hmm. So, but that was impressive. That was an impressive end to the week. Riley Leonard stock went up. Primetime game. Uh, people got put on notice. That run he had was sick. The dude's a fucking animal. Um, what else? Anything that we need? Anything to touch on from week one? Um, that's not me. Is that not you? Oh, it's the computer. Sorry. Um, <laughs> I'm like, what other phones? And yeah, we got a phone ringing. All right. Um, Texas State upsets Baylor. Yeah, wow. Texas State with TJ Finley, Ponchatoula's own, upsets Dave Aranda and the Baylor Bears. Didn't see that coming. UNC throttle South Carolina, nine sacks. Yeah. Uh, South Carolina's offensive line is trash. Uh, Washington State. Look dominant over what 400 500 yards for uh Cam Cam Ward Ward and then Washington looked dominant, beat the dog shit out of Boise. Yeah, so glad I stayed away from that. <laughs> um, and yeah, the Pac 12 goes undefeated, Big 12 horrible showing. So that's the the key, uh, the key takeaways I had from week one. So, all right, we will get into um, college football. College football week two. Let me pull up the slate. Does anybody have Thursday? Murray State, Louisville. No. They'll say, God bless you if you do. Thursdays are for the NFL, for the foreseeable future. Friday, anything? No, I was close. Hmm. Which way were you leaning? Kansas? Yeah. I was thinking about but it, too. I always but always hate betting against Illinois. I do, too, for some reason. I'm never on the right side. Yeah. All right. So it doesn't look like – God, you know I love midweek college football, man, um, or, or pre-weekend. But as of right now, yeah, I'm not going to have anything Friday. All right, we go to Saturday. I'll go first. Um, <clears throat> I'm going Notre Dame versus NC State. The line's currently Notre Dame favored by 7.5. Over-under sits at 51-and-a-half. This is going to be the first real test for the Irish. On the road, Carter-Finley Stadium, a dominant win against a subpar-looking Navy team, and then Tennessee State, which is a cakewalk, uh, but they covered, what was it, 50? It was something crazy. So to cover, I mean, uh, NC State looked underwhelming against UConn. Virginia transfer Brennan Armstrong, we know him well. I've never been a fan. Some people kind of like him. I don't. I don't think he's very good. Little kind of dual threat, I guess. Uh, who They have nobody at receiver. Nobody. Um, Brandon Armstrong was 17 to 26, 155 yards passing, but he did have 19 carries for 96 yards and two touchdowns. Again, they're playing UConn. UConn covered. Uh, this is an NC State team known for having a quality defense. They do have high hopes. Uh, that stability at quarterback can be the difference this year. They had multiple. I think they had four different starters last year. They lost Leary to Kentucky. They were rolling in a bunch of different guys. I specifically remember the Syracuse game where they were just, it was a revolving door. Um, Last year, their defense was great. 15th ranked scoring defense, 13th ranked rushing defense. Um, They were the number one ACC scoring defense, but they lost five of their top six tacklers. Uh, They only returning four starters. One is Peyton Wilson, who's their star linebacker, and they are returning their best cover corner. I am going to take a stab at the under 51 and a half here. NC State, 
does lose a lot of production on defense. I am worried about that. Dave Dorn knows how to scheme defense, and they know Sam Hartman well at Wake Forest last year. They beat him 30-21. to 21. They picked him off three times. I need to see Notre Dame against – I'm not taking NC State to cover. I think Notre Dame's defense is good. I don't think that Brandon Armstrong is going to be able to exploit the holes in Notre Dame's secondary, but I need to see this Notre Dame team up against a quality opponent compared to Navy or Tennessee State. Uh, I think Notre Dame will establish the run. Estime's a, a, a bruising back. I'm taking the under 51 and a half here, um, and we'll see. We'll see what happens. First test for Notre Dame. Are you on this? No, but I would consider like um, an NC State team total under bet, but I don't know if those are out yet. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure. Um, are you on this game? Yes. You are? Because yes. I don't like uh, Armstrong either. Yeah. Yeah, that's in large part. why. And I, and I don't think that – I do like Dave Dorn, uh, and, and NC State does typically have a good defense. They did lose a shit ton of production, but they know Hartman well. So I'm hoping just don't let them blow you out of the water. Uh, and let's, I don't, I, it's mainly predicated on, I don't see NC state finding the end zone very often. They don't have anybody at receiver. Yeah. So, uh, which side are you on, on this one, Joseph? Uh, pretty much the same analysis as you. I'm on Notre Dame because of that reason. I don't, I don't see this, you know, we haven't seen, like you said, Notre Dame with a real test, uh, no real defense for them to try to push the ball on, um, and, and like you said, they lost some guys on NC State side. So I, I still think they'll be able to move the ball enough. But, you know, Armstrong, he had a good good day on the ground with those two touchdowns. But I think I like uh, number eight, Maris Lufau, uh, to make some plays. And I think he can t- contain him enough to where they won't score to keep this a touchdown game. And um, so, yeah, I think, they, I think they lock him up a little bit and, and create havoc with him. Um I don't. I don't really. I mean, is it the defense making this a seven-point spread? Yeah, NC State being at home. Yeah, yeah. the home line. I get that. This is what we were talking about. Carter Finley's going to be going crazy. I, so. I felt like it should be more than seven. I still have. I still have the Irish winning by two touchdowns here. They very well may. Um, and I think a lot of it's what he said, and what you said, that we haven't seen Notre Dame against anybody formidable yet. Mm-hmm. That might play in it. Too. And you yeah. got to take into account. I, mean, I so, think Notre Dame's good, so, and I would certainly lean Notre Dame yeah. in the game. But seven and a hook scared me away. Yeah. So the if it was seven, six and a half, seven, oh, I got you it. have my <laughs> attention. Um, so I, they do know Sam Hartman. So, um, yeah, I got it at uh, minus seven. Oh, you did? Yeah, yesterday. Oh, lines you you might moving. be able to find a seven. I don't know. The lines have been moving this week. No, there is a seven on FanDuel. Yeah. You're lucky because we said we got to go same day. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So there is a seven. Um. I'm still. I'm just sticking with the under. I got to see. I got to see Notre Dame do it. What was that total at you said? Fifty one and a half. Okay. Um. And and I mean when you got your best. You got your best linebacker. The dude's good. Peyton Wilson's a quality linebacker, and then the best cover corner. You're checking. You're checking some essential boxes there. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, what's your first play? UConn at Georgia State. Okay. Georgia State's three point favorites. This line opened up at at five in favor of Georgia State. Yep. Had some movement. It's now three against Rhode Island. Georgia State gave up 520 yards. Against Rhode Island, 408 mm-hmm. passing yards. Lost a time of possession battle, 36 to 24. 
against Rhode Island. I know UConn, they didn't look sharp against NC State, and I, I don't know if anyone really expected them to. Um, NC State's, like we said, a team that's known for defense. Um, I think I think UConn here is a live dog. Um, getting a field goal or more is where I would take them. So I'm going to go UConn here, plus three. Okay. Yeah, I don't hate it. Luke, UConn didn't look bad. They were in that game. No, yeah. Right? Early on, they they put up a fight. Yeah, I think they were winning for a little while. Um, how many total plays do you have? Four. Four. I have one that I already gave out. I have a couple. So I had one that I liked a lot, and it moved. I'm gonna just I'm gonna go over that one real quick, and I have to pee so bad. So I'm gonna go over that, and then I'll let you do your next one. Okay. And I'm gonna pee while you do that. I was all over Tulane Ole Miss over sixty one and a half. It is no longer available. I was. I've, it, it's jumped. A good bit, and I'm not happy about it. Yeah, that happened to a couple of mine. Um, let me just see where it's currently at. What time's that fucking game for? It's like two thirty, right? Eleven. Yeah, no, two thirty. Okay. Um, <laughs> it's at sixty five now. Yeah. I mean, right there, bam, sixty one and a half. Um, and that was yesterday, so that's jumped a lot. Uh, I'm not going to give it out now because. It's no longer available at that number. I am going to take Ole Miss, minus seven. So that is available, confirmed. Um, a lot of my analysis is centered around why I'm taking the over, but Tulane lost their top five tacklers. Most important, most importantly, Dorian Williams and Nick Anderson. The secondary also took a hit. Pair that with an okay pass rush, 24 sacks last year. I think it'll make life easy for Ole Miss. Um, a lot of these coaches, there's – people that we respect that are speculating that a lot of these coaches are trying to run up the score because they're not happy about the lack of drives and uh, with the commercials and all of that. Lane Kiffin came out today and was very vocal about it. Doesn't mean he's going to be guaranteed to throw points up on the board, but um, I'm going to take Ole Miss minus seven. I think I understand they played Mercer. Mercer. They dropped a 70 piece on him. Michael Pratt looked really good. UConn, I mean, uh, Tulane lost a lot of production on the defensive side of the ball. Too much to be able to really be the team that they were last year. I think they they should still coast in the in the conference. I'm not saying anything like that. But against Ole Miss, SEC opponent, that Jackson Dart looked really good. Um, I'm going to take Ole Miss minus seven. No weather in the forecast. New nice turf field in Yolman. Um, Ole Miss minus seven. Are you on this one? No. No? Are you? Neither am I. Jesus Christ. All right. Uh, do your next one, but you're going to have to tell me again. Okay. The next game I'm looking at is another 6 o'clock game. Houston minus 10 going on the road to play Rice. Rice is also in Houston, Texas, so going down the road rather than on the road. Um, JT Daniels and Rice struggled against Texas, but I don't think anybody expected them to uh, make that a game. Houston got a quality win over UTSA, but they were outgained 417 to 334, and they gave up 208 rushing yards, 5.9 per carry. Rice, Rice, they struggled to run the ball at all against Texas. I think they had like under 30 yards rushing. Yeah. But um, going against Houston, I expect them to probably have a little bit more ex- more success. 10 points seems like a little too many here. I think if the running game does a little bit better, I think JT Daniels and Rice puts up a fight here. So I'm going Rice plus 10 at home. Yeah, no real home field advantage in that one either. 
Yeah, no. They're right down the road from each mm-hmm. other. So, you want to give that out again, or you want me to? Go oh. I went uh, Houston minus ten against Rice. I went Rice plus ten. You went Houston minus Rice plus ten. Yeah, at yeah. home. Okay. Um. All right. What's your next one, Joseph? Uh, I got one more in my lock, so I'll go over my one more. I am looking at the biggest game of this weekend, Texas and Alabama. Um, I'm looking at the over 54 and a half. Uh, Even in a tough environment here in Bryant-Denny, I still like Texas to be able to put up points in this game. I think Sarkeesian will have his guys ready to roll and motivated after a tough loss in this game last year. I love viewers. We know that. And I love this dangerous receiving core led by Xavier Worthy and Adonai Mitchell. Um, especially, uh, I don't know what their status is right now, but I know that two starters in Alabama's secondary, Jalen Key and Malachi Moore, got hurt. Uh, even with the possibility of them not playing, I like that. Um, I think uh, Texas will need to establish the run early to open up the passing game for Ewers, but I still believe in Ewers' talent, just raw arm talent. I think they can move the ball down the field and put up points. And then, obviously, on the other side, we know Alabama can as well. Bill Rowe can do it with both of his legs and in the air. Um, he went for 48 rushing yards and two touchdowns last week on the ground. I know, take it with a grain of salt with the level of opponent they were playing. Same with Texas. But I like both of these offenses. Um, Texas came out slow last week against Rice in the first half, only putting up 16 points. But they did on back-to-back-to-back drives coming out in the second half put up three straight touchdowns i think they started to figure it out and i think they continue that this week against uh in a tough environment against alabama so you're taking who the over okay 54 and a half um are you on this no i want to be on it but i don't currently have a side on it obviously it's going to be the best game of the week uh more than likely at least the best matchup i don't i don't like milro i i I know they just played a scrub team. I don't – I'm interested to see how Texas' defense is with containing him in the pocket. And then is it still a quarterback battle? No. Because they said that. Buckner came in late, huh? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Milrow played well. Yeah, but he was destined to play well. I yeah. guess. I mean, I saw a couple of his throws. They, they were pretty good throws. Yeah, I don't know. I don't – I can't do it. It's why I'm Where would not you betting. Lean? Yeah. You it's want- because how well I think he played. Okay. So yeah, no, I, I would basically, love- under a touchdown, I would go Alabama. Yeah. Over a touchdown, I would go Texas. Think, right now. I think you can get either or. Yeah, it's there's nothing minus 110, though. Yeah. Minus 115, minus one and a, uh, plus one and plus seven and a half. Um, I think if you wait, though, you might be able to find this. Where all the books kind of come to a consistency at seven and a half. I don't. Th- I don't think it's going to go back down. Okay. Uh, one that I am. This was my plan. If since Ole Miss and Tulane, since that number jumped up so much, I am going to take Texas A and M and Miami over fifty and a half. Um, Wagman looked good. I don't know if A and M all of a sudden has a defense now. I understand. Take with a grain of salt with who they're playing. Same with Miami. I was impressed. Uh, five touchdowns, obviously. Um, I'm going to go over, over 50 and a half. Are you on this? No. Okay. Um, how many more do you have total? I have, I have one more than my lock. I have two more than my lock. I have one. You have my lock. Okay. Um, I'll do, I'll do one then. I'll do another one since I have two more. 
I'm going to take Nebraska plus three and a half. I feel like I got to get my lick back. I don't know <laughs> if I will, but like we said, Colorado just put the country on notice. Most impressive week one performance you'll probably ever see. Nebraska just blew another late fourth quarter lead to lose the game. Give me the corn Oscar plus three and a half. I think this is how much of it is an overreaction. How much is it that Travis Hunter just played 140 snaps in 120 degree heat. And now he's got to go understand he's going back home, but now you got to play a big 10 team with, I mean, we just saw what they did against the run against Minnesota. They have good play in the trenches. I don't know. I don't, this might be them. This might be my Hawaii looking back on it. Like that was stupid. This could be stupid, but I am going to take Nebraska plus three and a half. Um, I don't know. That's what I'm going with. You wouldn't do it? Um, No. No? <laughs> I just wasn't impressed with, with them. No, they stink. They stink. But it would take a, you do get tape. They've got tape a on them. A heroic a, effort from their defense. I didn't think the defense played bad. Though, no, it didn't. It played well. So, and that's what – I think it's a much better defense and secondary than TCU's. Yeah. So, it's kind of like I'm – yeah, I got to see it again. I got to see them do it again. Can it? Is it? This the, line's moved so much. That's what I'm saying. Is it the biggest overreaction ever? Yeah, it could be. It smells fishy. It's it, it's like obviously I just got shit canned by Colorado last week. I saw it firsthand. I started rooting for them. I was like, it felt inedible, inevitable that they were going to win. Um, but you were more opposite than me. I didn't think Travis Hunter's going to be able to keep up that play. I get it's only week two. He's going to be able to do it again this week. But throughout the longevity of the season, I don't know that you can play him like that. You felt a little more the opposite. But that's a lot of fucking snaps. And, I mean, they said on the field, they said it was 120 degrees. Hmm. Like with that turf heating up yeah. and shit. That's fucking a lot, dude. That, that's a lot. So. When's the last time we've seen a guy play both sides of the ball like that in college? I couldn't tell you. Yeah. Right. Not, not certainly never at that level. Yeah. Yeah. No, that was, no, it was incredibly impressive. But one thing, do not forget it. Colorado's defense sucks. Oh yeah. They were getting fucking, they, they, if TCU would have just stuck with the run, they went away from the run for some reason. And then they throw the pick in the end zone. They were gashing them in the run game. So like he said, if Jeff Sims is going to be able to run the ball, like he, like he was, he should have a field day. Feed Grant, let them control the, time of possession, control the clock, get them frustrated a little bit. All it takes is for them to have a long drive that results in a touchdown because this is a porous Colorado defense. Make no mistake. And they're not really going to throw the ball very much, so you're going to take Travis Hunter's best ability out of play on the defensive side of the ball, control time of possession, put together a 10-play drive where you're shoving it down their fucking throat, and then get after Shador Sanders a little bit and frustrate him, and then let's see what happens. So I I just want to see it again. And I, I feel like I got to get my lick back. So plus three and a half for Nebraska. And then uh, I'll let you go. My next one's another dumb one. <laughs> <laughs> well, two of mine kind of seem dumb in here. UCF minus three at Boise State. UCF put up 723 yards of offense, 389 rushing yards, 8.5 yards per rush. And they're definitely not going to do that to Boise State. <laughs> You're taking the Blue Broncos? <laughs> Boise is a, is another team that had a tough matchup week one against Washington, like Rice did against Texas. 
Taylor Green was never gonna go, gonna be able to keep up with Penix and, and yep. Washington's offense. Um, Boise did average five yards per rush. I, I like Boise here at home, getting three and a half after they got the shit kicked out of them. Rice got the shit kicked out of them. It's a kind of a theme I'm going with here. So I'm taking Boise State at home plus three and a half against UCF. Oh. <laughs> so am I. <laughs> and we're back. Oh, man. I told y'all this was going to be a good week. Uh, I, I Literally, I wrote down, this has overreaction written all over it. Boise had to play a juggernaut in Washington, which is not a good matchup for them. Washington puts points up on the board really fast. Boise wants to kind of rely on the run game. Holani did get hurt. Uh, I couldn't really find an updated status on him. Um, but regardless, Genty's good. They have guys that can run. Taylor Green's best ability is his legs. When you get down big and you're in a hole like that, he no longer gets to use his legs. and re- they, you got to try to match him point for point. Can't do it. So they got blown out of the water. I want to see him lean on the run here a little bit more. UCF, don't buy it. I don't buy it. They got to go out west. I'm I'm going back to the Smurf turf. Give me Boise. Um, Public's all over UCF. Overreaction. Yeah. Boise plus three and a half. You said yourself, you think week two is where we capitalize on the overreactions. This is one of them. But yeah, no, I could barely contain myself when you said, I was, I was just praying you weren't taking UCF. <laughs> so um, you're taking Boise? Yeah. <laughs> so all I have left is my lock. You as well? Yeah. All right. You're going to love my lock. All right, here we go. Best best bets of the week. It's a lock, Kramer. You've had this thing under control for almost three years now. But it's a lock. They need that fucking juice. They need that next bet. They need. Come on, come on. Yes! When they win, they go fucking crazy. plus 10 it's a match made in heaven dude i heard Fuck it from the yeah. bathroom jt daniels is now on his third team with the rice owls he struggled in his debut against texas but that was to be expected texas knows him well they went to the backups daniels was now all of a sudden able to put together a drive 14 plays 62 yards and a touchdown at the end of the game texas's backups are going to be houston starters so the box score may not show it but i feel like rice didn't do as bad as expected defensively kind of had texas a little off center um Texas had seven drives in the first half. One touchdown, three field goals, two turnovers on downs, and one punt. Life's going to be much easier at home against Houston. Uh, I don't like uh, fucking Dana Holgerson. Not a fan. I don't think they should be near a double-digit favorite, or a double-digit favorite, sorry. My lock of the week, Rice, plus 10. JT Daniels is going to bring us home just like he did last year. That's meant to be. (laughs) All right. I'm looking at Oklahoma State minus three and a half going on the road to play Arizona State. Neither neither of these teams covered against FCS teams last week. Oklahoma State was 25 and a half point favorites against Central Arkansas. They won 27 to 13. Arizona State, on the other hand, was 34 point favorites against Southern Utah and escaped a close one 24 to 21. It's clear that neither one of these teams are very good. I think Arizona State is really bad. I'm not a big fan of Arizona State. They're crooks for what they did <laughs> to Herm Edwards. Yeah. <laughs> um, Rashada, he's a crook too. Don't trust him at quarterback. Um, seriously, eight, 18 for 31, 236 passing yards against Southern Utah. I expect him to struggle as the, as the schedule strengthens. It strengthens this week against Oklahoma State. 
So give me Oklahoma State minus three and a half. Okay. Yeah, I don't li- I don't dislike it at all. Uh, I'm not on it, but I think I mean Arizona State's definitely the weakest link of that conference. Yeah. So minus um, three and a half. Yeah. Where it's in Arizona State. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, Joseph. What's your lock of the week? Uh, we touched on this a lot too. Uh, kind of going the same way you guys are going. I need I need to see it again. Um, I am gonna go to the under fifty eight and a half in the Nebraska and Colorado game. Uh, yeah, I don't hate that. I think there will be a little regression from Colorado here. I mean, I I know they look great. Everybody on that offense looked great, but I think there's gonna be a little bit of regression here for Colorado, facing a pretty solid Nebraska defense from what we saw. Against Minnesota, they held them to only 240 yards of total offense. They, Like we touched on all this already, they did a great job stuffing the run and holding up in the secondary as well. I think cornerbacks Omar Brown and Malcolm Hartzog can lead the way in the secondary again and slow down these these Colorado receivers who we saw are very good. Uh, on the other side of the ball, we saw TCU put up 38 points against, like we talked about, this porous Colorado defense. I think Nebraska can move the ball with uh, – Sims, but I think it's going to be a more slower, methodical way of doing so. Nebraska wants to run the ball. They carried the ball 37 times against Minnesota as opposed to only throwing it 19 times, and three of those were obviously picks. So I see them trying to come out and establish the run again and slowing this game down enough to keep it under 59 points. Yeah, the only thing that worries me there is how fucking terrible Colorado's defense is. But um, Yeah. And then – I mean, they do have playmakers on offense, but, I mean, for Nebraska to win, which, or at least cover, I don't need them to win, just cover, um, they are going to have to establish the run. So, And they're going to have to put together sustainable drives. So that is our best bets of the week for college football, but we are not done like the last two weeks uh, because we have NFL. More NFL football. is back. Like I said before, Thursday we play – I mean, we, we have a play for every Thursday game, no matter what. It's something we've always done on the podcast. We've been notoriously very profitable betting the Thursday night game. And we've got a difficult one this week. Uh, the line has moved. Lions taken on the Chiefs. Kansas City's five-point favorites after the news that Travis Kelsey is going to miss some time with certainty. Uh, so they were seven-point favorites. It is now down to five. What do you think? You you led the way in NFL last year. You led, led the NFL. You led the way uh, in both sides of the fence, but you were very profitable for. I mean, you might have slowed down there towards the end, but for a good eight nine week portion, I think you were uh, at worst two and one every week. So, yeah. Um, actually, before you say it, are you sticking to your three play conservative? Yeah. Jesus. Um, Detroit was fifth in the league in points per game last year. Fourth. And yards per game. Young players last year taking the next step. Add Jameer Gibbs to the equation. I think Kelsey's worth more than a point and a half. Do y'all? Uh, yeah. I think I think Kelsey, I bet it at plus six and a half before the news broke. I would still feel comfortable, or I would feel more comfortable knowing that he was out and taking Lions plus five. Okay, so the way I look at it, Kelsey that makes is sense. without question the best tight end in football. Kelsey is without question the most important piece to this outside of Mahomes. Skill position wise, the most important piece to Kansas City's offense. We saw it because Tyreek Hill left town and they were still just as good. You take Kelsey out, it's a much different ball game. Yeah. Noah Gray's a good tight end. We had we wanted him to score a touchdown in the Super Bowl. He didn't. <laughs> but Kelsey's elite 
he's such a step above every other tight end in the league that I think, um, and this is going to completely go against my bet. Um, I think it's going to make life much more difficult for the Chiefs. So I would agree. I would think he's more than a point and a half. Yeah, I like Lions plus six and a half with Kelsey playing. I like Lions plus five without him playing. Okay, I'm going to take the over 53. Kind of dumb when you just hear what we just said 30 seconds ago, I guess, because I do think it will make life more difficult for the Chiefs. But I do think the Lions without uh, Chris Jones is not going to be on the defensive line for the Chiefs. It doesn't yeah. It doesn't appear. He's in a contract dispute. He's holding out. So far, there's been no contact as far as I've seen. Doesn't appear like he's going to play on in a game that is two days away. So I am going to take the over 53. The Lions have weapons. I'm high on Jameer Gibbs. Ask my fantasy team. Um, you just touched on it. You're on the Lions because they were very good offensively last year. Jared Goff played much better than he has in years past. Even with Kelsey out, I think the Chiefs are still going to be able to put some points on the board. I don't think they're going to get shut out by any stretch of the imagination. Um, I do still think for the Lions to win this game, they're going to have to score a decent bit. So um, I'm going over 53. Chiefs at home, defending Super Bowl champs, but it is deflating when your best offensive skill, when your best skill position player on the offensive side of the ball is out. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Joseph, what are you taking? Uh, it's my lot. Okay. Um, that is ballsy as can be. Thursday? <laughs> What? What does it matter? It's the first game for everybody. It is. No matter what day it is. But Thursday. What? Those Thursday games were brutal last year. The the Thursday games were duds. Um, This can't be a dud. Come on. I mean, in theory, it is the first game, so they're not really paying the – they're not really having the effects of the Thursday game, like short turnaround, all that. Yeah. Um, Okay. I am – so we got that one out of the way. I'm going to take the Chicago Bears. Minus one at home. No weather in the forecast. We've talked about this. Uh, We have somebody that listens to this show who's a big Bears fan, lives in Chicago. He messaged us saying he feels like everybody's kind of sleeping on the Bears too. You're high on the Bears. You're high on fields. Yeah. Packers, new quarterback, Jordan Love. I'm going to take the Bears. Minus one on the home field. No, no weather in the forecast. What are your thoughts? You on it? No. No? So you're not high on the Bears or Justin Fields. <laughs> I should be on it, I guess. Theoretically. <laughs> I mean, you you got them winning the damn division. They're going to lose a division game week one. It's one point spread. Probably tie. I'll take it. Wait, no, I won't take it. Yeah, I th- I'm thinking push. Take. I'm thinking push. I'll take anything that's not a loser. Um <laughs> All right, yeah, I'm going Bears minus one. Started off with a uh, an afternoon game. What uh, what what's your first play on Sunday? Cincinnati favored by two and a half on the road against Cleveland. Signs point towards Burrow playing. Is that what y'all are seeing? Yeah. Yes. Um, but I like Cleveland here. I think Watson complements the Browns' strong running game much better in year two. So give me the Browns plus two and a half at home. Yeah. Um. Jesus Christ. Um, don't bet against the Bengals? Is that what that is? I don't know. We'll see. Um, all right, what's your Sunday game? How many total do you have? Two and them a lot. So three total. Three total. You yeah. said, damn, look at y'all, dude. I'll lead the way, man. I'll have – I got bullets in the chamber, so uh, nothing <laughs> crazy. Nothing crazy, but I got five plays. Um, I'm going Chargers-Dolphins over 51. So – 
I'm interested to see how the Dolphins' offense is going to do without really any any viable running back. Uh, but they do have Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, a healthy Tua. He'll be concussed next week, but we can get a couple points on the board. I, Justin Herbert's now the highest-paid quarterback in football. He's going to need to put some points on the board. It is week one. Take it all with a grain of salt. But I, we're going over on, on multiple games this week, so over 51. The highest totals, too. We're going over on them. So Damn. points, points, points. I do love the Chargers defense. Don't get me wrong. They got guys over there, but I think the Dolphins can put some points on the board. The Chargers certainly can as well. So over 51. How many you got just your lock left? Oh, y'all both do then, right? No, or you I have one one more than your lock? Okay. In my lock. All right. Um you want me to give one real Yeah, quick? yeah. Um, so I'll just give real quick that same game. I'm on the Chargers minus three. Uh I was on the over. I <laughs> I don't know. I like you just said. I really like that that Chargers defense. I like uh, Bosa being back. They got J.C. Jackson, Asante Samuel Jr., and Derwin James leading the way in the back. I mean, in the secondary, if anybody can keep up with those two receivers, I think them three can. And the front seven is stout as well. Not only with Bosa, Eric Kendricks, Kenneth Murray, and Khalil Mack. I think they can put some pressure on Tua, and uh, I think they win this game by by more than three. Okay. I am wiping one off the board, actually. So <laughs> I have just my lock left. Um, do you want to take a guess what it was? <laughs> no. You can take a shot in the dark. Um, no, no, it's not his pick, if that's what you're thinking. No, 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 no. no. What, did, what game did you just say? You said Chargers and Same Dolphins. One. Oh, that's fucked up. That is not what I meant. Uh, no, no I, I was on the over. That's what I was no, on. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, I, I see how that sounded, and I see why you're laughing now. <laughs> that would have been fucked up. No, I was looking at the Broncos. I'm not falling for that trap again. Uh, it just yeah. hit me in my head. Um, <laughs> yeah, last year. Yeah. But I also was looking. I, I struggled with taking that one, too, the Bears as well. I that was what I took in the uh, – I totally see how that was like he just gave his analysis on – Chargers, Dolphins. I said, "Fuck that! Fuck I'm out of here." That <laughs> yeah, is not nice. what I meant. Um, yeah, I mean, am I crazy for thinking the Broncos could cover the spread? I don't know. I took the Broncos in that um, Survivor shit. Oh, you're doing that? Who are no, you doing I did it last year. Yeah. Oh, I think yeah, we both I retired we both from lost it. Week one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I no Jerry Judy worries me. Um, but I mean, the Raiders with Garoppolo, don't buy it. Uh, I'm not going to take them. I, I was very strongly considerate. Not going to do it. Not falling for this trap again. Week one, no way. Not, not, I understand Sean Payton's there. I'm not getting Nathaniel Hackett uh, again. So all I have left is my lock. Um, I just got one more. Go ahead. Uh, Titans and Saints. Call me a homer, but I'm taking the Saints minus three. Uh, I think the home field advantage plays a factor here. The city has a lot more optimism than they did last year with Derek Carr in town. And um, it, and this is going to make it a tough environment for Tennessee. We know what they want to do. They want to establish the one the run with Derrick Henry. Uh, we haven't seen him yet, but we will need Nathan Shepard and Kalen Sa- Saunders to fit in with this front seven to make that happen. Uh, but I also don't. I don't see the Titans being able to stop us. Our offense looked good, and I know it's preseason. Uh, always take that with a grain of salt. But but I like Carr. I like our talent surrounding him. I like the addition of Jamal Williams with Kamara being out. And so I'm gonna take the Saints minus three. Okay, my worries there. What uh, is Kendra Miller playing? I'm not sure. We just had this fucking talk. Remember what I said? Who's going to run the ball? Yeah. Kamara and Kendra Miller out. We're leaning on Jamal. I don't like that. Boy, Merritt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't. I if don't, Miller's playing, that gives you. A- I feel much better if he's playing. Yes. I think he's very good. I think he's going to be good. I said it when we drafted him. Uh, I mean, we. He can. I don't know. If he's not in and it's just Jamal Williams, it makes us much more one-dimensional, and that worries me. 
I want us to beat them by 100. Don't get me wrong, but. Understandable. The total's at 41. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. All I have left is my lock. So, same with everybody? Yeah. Yep. All righty. It's a lock, Kramer. You've had this thing under control for almost three years now. But it's a lock. They need that fucking juice. They need that next bet. They need... Come on. Come on. Yes! When they win, they go fucking crazy. All right. For my lock of the week in the NFL, I am going with the Browns. Plus two and a half. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. I, this screams Browns. I, I figured... I figured it out a little bit along the way. I'm not going to hit them for fucking everything, but there are some lines that you just fall. I, I've, I've gotten much better at figuring out the rat lines, mm-hmm. I feel. This is a Browns game. This is a Deshaun Watson, full full off season back with the team, lean on the run, Burrow coming back from injury. I'm not buying into the Bengals hype week one. Um with a with a banged up Joe Burrow, I'm taking this the uh, the Cleveland Browns plus two and a half. I would love a three. Uh, I'm gonna see if I can get a three, <laughs> but yeah, give me the Browns. My lock of the week. Where are you going? San Francisco minus two and a half going on the road to play the Pittsburgh Steelers. San Francisco had the number one defense in terms of scoring last year. I know a lot of people are high on Kenny Pitt Pickett, <laughs> but I am not one of them. <laughs> Eight down. <laughs> Especially against the 49ers defense. But listen closely. Pittsburgh also had the 10th best defense in terms of scoring last year. Oh. Going with the under 41. Wow. A little curveball again. That's like your new stick this year. You lead us one way and then bam. No one's going to bet it because it's 41. No George Kittle. Yeah. No. People are scared to bet under 41. Yeah. Not me. I feel like that's not that low in the NFL. That's low. That's pretty low. See a lot of them around forty-five. And well, it's week one, but yeah, no, I mean that's pretty low. If you um, get in the, it's there's a there's at least a couple in the thirties, I think. Two. But yeah, rare, got, when they're in the thirties, that's super low. Yeah. yeah, you got a thirty-eight with uh, the Cardinals and the Commanders, and then you've got a thirty-nine and a half with the Panthers and the Falcons. Mm. So. I mean, there you go. Um, all right, Joseph, what's your lock of the week? Oh, Nick, I hate to keep going against you, man. <laughs> I hate to, but I, I got to take the Chiefs, minus five. Super Bowl champs back in Arrowhead, start the season off. It's going to be electric in there. Um, I like the Lions just as the rest of America does. I get it. They got a lot of talent offensively. I don't see him being able to stop the, the defending Super Bowl champions here at all. Uh, I think Mahomes will get what he wants, even without Kelsey. He'll show, he'll show everybody's like, oh, he doesn't have Kelsey. Oh, we don't know what Mahomes is going to do. No, he's the best quarterback in the league for a reason. And I think he'll show that here Thursday night. We shall see. Um, the Lions are no slouch on the defensive line, too. So, And they got the Chauncey to Gardner Johnson. He's hurt, right? <laughs> oh, is he? I believe. Let me see. Shit. Let me change. If they get I know Mahomes, he was. If they get to Mahomes, he'll just throw behind his back or whatever. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who's coming after him. I know he did get hurt. Um, yeah, I don't know. We'll have to see. One day ago, C.J. Gardner-Johnson hoping to make big impact with Detroit Lions. So maybe not. He definitely did get hurt. It yeah. was, uh, But you know what it was? He got carted off 
And then I think it was one of those things where they carted him off in training camp, and then uh-huh. he a thousand percent got carted off. But it was one of those fake you out, not as bad as you think. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's a lot of points for the for the NFL. I mean, four four points or less is like what eighty percent of the games are decided by, basically. Uh, maybe seventy five. Back door will be open, um, but the Chiefs are fucking good. So you ever heard of a hangover? <laughs> and that is that is yeah, for Mahomes, baby. I don't know. It's how often do you see teams go back to back? And he knows what they're saying. He listens. Oh, well, the Lions, America's team this year. Yeah. All right. Oh goodness. Mahomes will show him. Chiefs oh, win by goodness. three in a shootout. <laughs> yeah. It's final score of epic proportion. What's the final score? Forty-one thirty-eight. Um. 38-35, Chiefs. I love that score. You know I love that score. 38-35, Chiefs? Yeah. That's money. That's $3,200 right there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so there you go. That is our best bets of the week for the NFL, um, which we didn't do a college recap, but who cares? Um, or do we just recap them Yeah, all? we'll recap them all. All right. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so I'll do college first. I am on Notre Dame, NC State, under 51 and a half. I am on Ole Miss minus seven, Texas A&M and Miami over 50 and a half. Did I say A&M Ole Miss? Because I had that written down. So I might have fucked that up. It is A&M and Miami, obviously. Um, I I, I threw it in on my sheet. Let me restart. Let me restart. (laughs) Notre Dame, NC State under 51 and a half. Ole Miss minus seven, A&M Miami over 50 and a half. Boise State plus three and a half. Nebraska plus three and a half. I'm getting back what's mine. And my lock of the week, Rice, the Owls, baby, plus 10. I have UConn plus three, Rice plus 10, Boise State plus three and a half. And for my lock of the week, we're going Oklahoma State minus three and a half. I am on Notre Dame minus seven. I'm on the Texas and Alabama game over 54 and a half. And for my lock of the week, Nebraska and Colorado under 58 and a half. All right, NFL, Thursday night, Lions-Chiefs, I'm going over 53. No Chris Jones, that's going to be a problem. Bears, minus one. Chargers-Dolphins, over 51. And then my lock of the week with a 30% chance of rain, I forgot to mention. Lean on the run, Nick Chubb. Browns, plus two and a half, lock of the week. Lions, plus five. Browns, plus two and a half. And for my lock of the week, San Francisco-Pittsburgh, under 41. Going Titans. And Saints, I'm going Saints minus three. Dolphins, Chargers, I'm taking the Chargers as minus three as well. And for my lock of the week on Thursday night, I'm taking the Chiefs minus five. Okay, there you go. That is our best bets, college and NFL. Do you got anything to say before we go? Adios. Amigos. I told y'all the formula has always been there. Week zero, very slow conservative start. We get shit canned. Week one, we get our eyeballs on the teams. A little, little more aggressive, but still conservative. We do a little bit better. The groundwork's been laid. Week two is when we get them overreactions. We're going to take advantage. Um, Nick and I, notoriously last year, were very profitable when we were on the same side of a bet. Week zero, week one, we were not. Week two, we were on the same side of two. One of them's my lock. Good days are coming. Uh, I can see I can see the, uh, the, the sunrise coming over the horizon. Money's about to be made. Your bookie should be sweating. Episode 161 is in the books. Y'all have a good one. Who dat? long enough you never change the stakes the house takes you unless when that perfect hand comes along you bet big and then you take the house
practicing this guitar a little bit that I rushed. It felt like I rushed. It was good. I liked it.